Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, the tastiest hour of talk in Music City. Now here's your host, Brandon Still. Hello, Music City, and welcome to the Music City Roundup. My name is Brandon Still, and I am joined with Jen Ichikawa, and we are back. Wow, Jen, it is so exciting to see you here today. I am so pumped to bring the Roundup back with a brand new co-host. You are the third co-host to be on the Roundup. How does that feel? Wow. Uh, third time's a charm. That's what I'm talking about. Our <laughs> last episode of the Music City Roundup was on February the 10th, 2021. And we are back after seven months of hiatus. Uh, we have a little bit of a different format as previously we were live. And now this is a, uh, we're pre-recording this and putting it out on a Saturday. We are super excited. The way that we used to do it is we do it live. We had people come on the show. We do a bunch of interviews. We've done those interviews and we are just going, the previously recorded, we're just going to add them into the show and hopefully the sound doesn't suck too bad. <laughs> Fingers right? crossed. Yeah. So one of the things we always do with the Music City Roundup was this was a good opportunity for us to kind of check in with each other. So Jen, how you been? Like, how was your week? It was productive, I'd say. Busy and productive, which is good. Um but I'm learning to say no to things that I that don't I don't feel like I have time for, which I think is good because typically I will just book my schedule and uh, deal with the repercussions. And so I'm I'm learning this week to say no to things. What's a schedule? Yeah, you you definitely don't live by one. <laughs> uh, I have I, I have like five different calendars, and I've tried to consolidate them, but I always miss stuff. I always end up being at the place I need to be. I'm just I'm so ADD. It's so bad. Yeah, you're definitely all over the place. And I think it's funny because in like our work environment, people are always are like, oh, is Brandon coming? Like they ask me. They're like, is he coming to this? Do we know where? He and I'm like, I do not share location with Brandon. I do not know his calendar. <laughs> like, I know about five minutes maybe before you know if he's coming. And that's that's it. Like, So what you're saying is I can communicate better. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Or people's expectations of me need to shift because I do not know your location every day. I'm going to start sharing my location with you so that you can just go, <laughs> oh, no, he's at the Shell station on 96. You know, I'm Be so bad shot. at maps that when I, I share location with my husband and if he's somewhere that I don't know where he is, I have to Google like, because <laughs> I'm so bad with maps. You share your location with your husband. So like, you know where he is at all times and he knows where you are at all times. Yeah. We've, we've shared location for, I guess a few years now, but um, he's sober. Right. And this was just another like checkpoint for us of like, okay, well there are no secrets. Like here's where I am at all times. Here's where you are. So it's just another like thing in place for us. I, you know what? I, I think that I have nothing to hide. Yeah, you really don't like. I'm not doing anything that like I, I care if anybody knows where I am. Like I totally share my location with you, but there's something about that to me that just feels like takes away any personal space that I could possibly have. If I well, just we don't like actively. It's not like we look at it all day, right? Like it's like if I'm headed to soy because he's communication wise similar to you. 
right? So if I'm headed to Soy to meet him or to like surprise him or whatever, I can see if he's there. And, you know, that then I'm like, good excuse. Yeah, no, it's. I never want to surprise you. I need to know where you are. Yeah. And he's done that to me too. So, like, there was one time where he was. So he, the thing about him with surprises, like he did it when he proposed too, is he gets so excited for the surprise that then he gets weird. Like right before he proposed, I thought he was cheating on me because he was being so weird. Like wouldn't show me his phone and stuff. So, anyway, <laughs> so like a few, like a month ago, he was trying to surprise me with something and like come over and he bought me flowers and like stuff from altered state, which I love anyway. And so, um, he was being weird though. So I checked his location and I was like, wait, why are you in downtown Franklin? And he was like, Oh my gosh. See, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, it backfires sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Cause I'm like, I, I don't know. I just, I got nothing to hide, but I just don't feel like I want somebody. Yeah, it's definitely to not, it's definitely not like, for it's, everyone. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I, I've never really known, I mean, I guess I've known people that do that. I've just never had the chance to like ask them. Well, I don't think people advertise it. I'm sure it looks creepy, but like, whatever, we lean into who we are. (laughs) (laughs) It's what it is. Yes. Anything else been going on with you? I know you are, uh, I know you've been super duper busy. Yeah. Always busy, always, but um, it's sweater weather, so... I'm enjoying that. I love fall. My kids' outfits in fall are better. My outfits in fall are better. I love it. How about you? You've been been incredibly busy. Yes. Well, I've I've been traveling like a crazy person. Mm -hmm. I spent three days. I think we were in Asheville doing a trends tour. We ate at like nine restaurants and we like ordered one of everything on the menu. This was with our broadline company that we use. They took us up there to kind of just see what's happening. We're updating a lot of stuff, Maribel, and they want to take us to a bunch of restaurants that were similar just to kind of show us what other people were doing. And it was it was great. Mm-hmm. It was so fun because you're in a building so much, and it's nice to get out of that building, A, but B, to see just what other people are doing. And mm-hmm. a lot of times, it's not that they're doing something that's so incredible. It's just that, oh, wow, they – they do this part of the service really well, or they did this presentation really well. I really like it when servers come to the table and they drop up your food, like if it's an appetizer and they explain everything that's in the appetizer in detail, because one person typically orders the appetizers and they come to the table and like, what is that? And like, it's your appetizer. And you're like, oh no, this is a yellowfin crudo. And it's served with an avocado mousse with lime caviar and sliced Fresno peppers. And you're like, Ooh, I want to try that. Like, that's great. Mm-hmm. So it's neat to see some of that stuff. I know a lot of restaurants do that all the time. Uh, we went to Dallas, <clears throat> excuse me, for FS Tech, Food Service Technology. And I teased it on the show. I said, hey, look, I'm going to Dallas. I can't wait. We're going to get all these interviews from all these amazing tech companies. Yeah. And I literally didn't even go to the conference in Dallas. Mm-hmm. We I think I was at the restaurant to like 1230 Saturday night. And then I picked up uh, Stephen and Jolene at 7 a.m. We flew to Dallas, got to the Airbnb and kind of crashed a little bit. It was a Sunday, the first week of the football season. We kind of crashed. I went to the store, bought dinner. I just and then I crashed like I, I completely I had like a fever. 
I was tired. I went to the doctor the next day because I was like, I'm not going to go into this conference when I have a fever. Like, that's just not okay. Right. I've fully been vaccinated and I wore a mask the entire time. So I got a COVID test and she, the doctor goes, I'm going to be shocked if you don't have COVID. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, damn it. Like, I've done so well this whole time. Like, what is going on? And um, the doctor said, it came back. And she's like, nope, you don't have it. You don't have pneumonia. Like, I don't know what's wrong with you. Um, could you possibly be like exhausted? And I'm like, <laughs> I quite possibly could be. <clears throat> so I went back to the Airbnb and I slept from like six o'clock through the next morning to seven o'clock. Mm -hmm. And I felt so much better, but it just, I hated the fact that I flew to Dallas and missed the entire conference we were going for. I went the next day, I went on Monday morning or Sun, uh, Tuesday morning, I went and saw Ken Jennings speak who is the greatest Jeopardy player of all time, which was really cool. And uh, we came back and I just, you know, I did a lot of time thinking on an airplane just about how much balance and saying no. You know, I think you touched on something there, like the ability to say no to stuff. And I wanted to put this Music City Roundup out like two weeks ago. And I just kind of said, you know what? Like, I can't. I, I don't have the time or the energy and we've recorded some interviews. They're great. But like, I'm not going to push myself to this brink when I have so many you know people that depend on me. I can't do that again. So sorry, we're here today. We've got it out finally. I, I hope that you guys are enjoying this. But I got back to town and then turned right back around. It was my 16-year wedding anniversary. I went to Boston. I've never been to Boston before. Went to a Red Sox game. Uh, sat right next to the Green Monster if you're following me at Brandon underscore NRR, you've seen the pictures. Wait, and what is the green monster? I saw you post about that and Jennifer post about that. And I was like, is that just like the name for the whole field? You're adorable. Um, <laughs> the green monster is at Fenway Park. Right. And at Fenway Park, there is, so in, you're not a sports person. I'll explain it to anybody else who's wondering <laughs> the same thing. You have left field. Right. So if you're standing, well, I, know that. Right, I played baseball. Okay. There's left field, there's center field, and there's right field. Uh -huh. Well, at right field, to hit a home run, it's 370 feet. Okay. And center field, it's 420 feet. But in left field, and there's a fence, there's a fence, you know, that goes around that's like seven or eight feet tall. I don't know. And then you get to left field, and there's a 37 foot fence. Wow. That is uh, at 310 feet. So it's a 37 foot fence and it goes all the way across left field. And that is called the green monster. Okay. So it's the fence in left field at Fenway Park that is the green monster. Gotcha. So I saw three home runs get hit over the green monster, which was awesome. Cool. And then a bunch of balls hit off the green monster. And um, it's just a really famous, you know, baseball thing. I know Fenway Park is, and I know the Red Sox and all that. I just, I don't, I, I'm not upset at myself for not knowing about a fence. Let me say that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not upset with you for not knowing about a fence. <laughs> I totally get that. There's so many things out there's like a, probably a million things out there that I have no idea about. They're in so many people's wheelhouses that they're like, you don't know about. This I mean, listen, talk to me about the housewives. I will teach you something. Wedding dresses, I can teach you something. But when it comes to sports and maps, you're just. 
You're the guru. And I, my brain is kind of like a map and I love sports. So I can, we, yeah. that's the yin and yang of this show. See? <laughs> yeah. Cause we talk about wedding dresses a lot. <laughs> well, we could, I mean, I don't know. We Shoot. actually could. I, I could talk about that four days. That's actually um, how I met Keisha who we get to talk to a little bit later is she came into my wedding dress shop when I was the nat with the national sales director for it. Well, that's a great segue. Mm -hmm. I like that. Um, so I'll let you guys know, <clears throat> man, early morning. Um, we're going to have a conversation with Keisha. Hey, you are. Mm -hmm. And we're every single time we do the roundup biweekly, we're going to do a, minority owned spotlight and we want to do a female owned spotlight because uh women rock mm -hmm. and we want to highlight them and you did an awesome interview with keisha hay and she is the owner of sip and bite catering we're going to get to that in a little bit we're going to be talking with mary pillow thompson from foh and boh.com they're foe and bow.com she's going to talk about best practices for hiring right now they own a huge website for hiring just to if you're out there and you need some hiring help we're going to talk about what's new in the uh, in the restaurant world. We're going to talk about a bunch of new restaurants that are coming. We're also going to talk with Tavares Taylor from Cytex, and he's going to tell us what they've been working on and what new restaurants are coming on over there. We have a pop-up segment. We're going to talk about all the pop-ups right now. We Julio Hernandez from Mais de la Vida joins us, and he talks about what he's doing right now with the Giving Kitchen, and then we're going to give you an update on a bunch of other pop-ups. And then I think our final segment is going to be the bar life. Uh, we talk with Ben Powell, who's the owner at the Fable Lounge, and he's going to tell us his favorite places to drink. And he's going to give us a little more detail about their cocktail menu. And then we're going to go over a, a list of places that you should be uh, drinking at right now. So we're going to have a fun show today. Yeah, definitely. Did you see that Fable posted about a prom? that they're like hosting yeah i shared it um it's it, so cool yes you you were not in on that interview but they are doing an enchantment under the sea dance i love that what was that movie that Back came out and won all of those awards and it was about like an alien that lived in like a this was recent and this oh. woman fell in love with this like water monster alien oh um the something of water yeah. Yes. Yes. The something of water. Anyway, that was like the vibe I was getting when I saw that invitation. And I was like, I'm here for that. Cause I did not know that woman falling in love with water alien would be like, would make me feel things, but it did. <laughs> I never saw it. I want oh, it's to good. It. It's really good. And it does surprisingly, it makes you feel a lot of things. Okay. Well, I like feeling things. That's yeah. a good thing. I'm learning to do that more feel things. Good. Yeah. I feel you know. too many things. I need to feel less things. I am. Yeah. I'm, I'm working on the, the feeling, feeling more. It's good. It's intentional. Um, the enchantment, <clears throat> damn. <laughs> the enchantment under the sea dance was the dance in back to the future where Marty McFly and his, he has to reconnect his parents mm -hmm. at the enchantment and sea dance. So they're, yeah, they're doing a prom. If you missed your prom, you can go do prom at, uh, I think it's, I'll have to get the exact date on it, but he's going to join us on the show and talk all about it. And um, let's talk about our first segment. So the first segment, we're going to start off 
talking with Julio Hernandez. Julio Hernandez of Mais de la Vida, the corn of life. He posts up his uh, half bus food truck at Chopper Tiki most days. But this Sunday, and I have conflicting times. I have 11 o'clock to 12.30, and then I have 12 o'clock to 2.30. Listen to the bit, and you can see, listen to the segment, and you can hear when he is going to be there. But let's jump in right now with Julio. All right, so we're, we're talking about pop-up restaurants, and we're talking about the Giving Kitchen. And right now, we're bringing in Julio Hernandez, Mais De La Vida, De La Vida, De La Vida. How do you say that? De La Vida. So as De you see now, we have branded out to DLV. Makes it a little easier. <clears throat> so, but yeah, De La Vida, which means uh, corn of life. The corn of life. Yeah. How you been, man? I haven't, I haven't talked to you in a while. How you doing? Well, we've been staying busy. Uh, pretty cool things have happened. The last time I was on your show feels like forever <laughs> yeah. ago. You know, uh, low key. I guess I was doing my putting my work notice on your show on a podcast on Cinco de Mayo. All good things. There's no broken hearts. Just didn't see it coming. <laughs> you know. No, it's crazy. I, all of a sudden, you said, hey, I've got some secret thing that I'm working on. It's called Maiz de la Vida, the, the corn of life. And I was like, that's awesome, man. That's really cool. And then, like, the next day, I'm like, oh, he's leaving Nectar. And now he's going to do this full time. And you have just done nothing but take off since then. What has this ride been like for you? It's been good, man. I mean, definitely saw opportunity. We've been... We've been in the industry forever ago. I was telling Jan, uh, you and I met back in Bluegrass Country Club when my hair was down to my lower back, you know, <laughs> and you were a fresh boy, I believe. I think so. You were a, a terrorizing kitchens with Tracy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a so, true story. Yeah. So it's, a, it's, been, a, it's been a long, long time. Uh, I feel like we've been lucky enough to be on the outskirts of the food industry within the bluegrass, the Foxland, and the uh, Hillwood Country Club uh, experience. And then when we jump into Nectar and then jump to Maize, it was a change because we've been around, but nobody really knew, you know, it's Country Club life. You kind of have a big secret, you know, your yeah. expensive big secret. Um, and then we've been lucky enough to have friends like yourself, Random Frown, and everybody in the industry where we feel like we fit in. And with that being said, we're jumping into the given kitchen. They reached out because they wanted somebody where they can sit up and talk to people. And Brian from the given kitchen have noticed he comes to get tacos and he will see a line of people in this half short bus that is our kitchen. It's a school <laughs> bus, right? And he was like, how many people are in there? Well, there's only three working, but there's four more hanging out. And they're kind of on the way, to be honest. And I'm like, so that's <laughs> Troy from Black Dynasty. You got people from Marsh House. You got people from Continental. And they're just on their way to work, right? And grabbing a taco and hanging out in the kitchen. Um, so it kind of looks like one of those clown cars, you know? It's like a half school bus and four chefs come out. There's only three working. But uh, he had the idea. He goes, hey, can we... Can we pop? Can we roll in? We got to talk to the industry. That's who we are after. So we are doing this Sunday, uh, 12 to 2.30. Brian and the Given Kitchen are giving away 
100 tacos or as many as we can do in those two hours and a half. And, and there's a catch. Uh, he, he wants to help you. He wants to provide his tools. He wants to give you a swag bag, send you home with a taco and swag bag and information, which to me is really important. Um, you know, I come from a line cook, dishwasher, line cook, hierarchy, right? As you could say, uh, to where there's been times that a concept like the given kitchen would have been helpful to know. You know, mm -hmm. back in those, back when I moved from the Bronx into Antioch, and I, I thought I lived in Beverly Hills now because I had a patio, you know, so like, holy shit. Uh, so back then, you know, it was, what, 10 years ago, $10 an hour, definitely somebody like the Given Kitchen would have kicked in just right. But we're not, I guess, industry big enough then. And now they're mm -hmm. trying to raise awareness and move into Nashville. So that's why we're here. Jen, are you familiar with the Given Kitchen? No, I want to hear all the details about it. So they're based in Atlanta, I believe, and mm -hmm. they're coming to Nashville. They're doing a huge launch over the next um, couple of weeks. We're actually going to have them on the show. We're going to do the whole story. What they do is if you've been affected, if you had a fire in your home, if you have been injured, you can't go to work and you work in the hospitality industry, they take care of you. They will take care of your your electricity, they'll take care of your gas bill, they'll buy you groceries, they'll do all the things that you can't really afford to do because you've had an accident. When the tornado came through and took people's houses out, mm -hmm. they were willing to come in and help. If you were, so it's a hospitality focused people that come in and help you. If you've had an accident, you hurt yourself at work and you can't go to work, they come in and take care of all the things so that you can get back and you don't fall so far behind that you can't get out of the, the it, it, they're just an amazing, amazing um, charity. I love that. I love that there's so many hospitality things popping up for our people. I used to work for CORE, which is Children of Restaurant Employees, and they help with that for children that can't, you know, they have a procedure they need and their parents aren't available to pay for it because they're a dishwasher or a busboy. And so I just love that the community comes together in this way. And I, Nashville is so special in that too. You know, another thing that they do is, if you need to go to rehab, if you have substance abuse issues and you need to go spend 28 days at rehab, they will one time, only one time. But if you work in the hospitality industry, they'll pay for your bills while you go to rehab. That's incredible. That's huge. Yeah. That's yeah. For, for us, one of the things I want to do, and I don't know if I, how successful I'd be, but I want to. So our concept has also a large following of legit hispanic mexican hardcore people and i feel like they get left out a lot of times with all of this yeah. so i'm hoping uh they're having spanish speakers to come this sunday so i'm hoping to also connect to some of those people because uh mm -hmm. i think through the maize it's possible to um I notice that when we do special dishes at the truck we'll do like legit like granny old school dishes and we'll have super proud mexicans come check us out and they you know, they're like, really, let's see, let's see what you got. So we, we're meeting also that side of the industry. That is huge. It's a huge part of the industry that we, that often doesn't get connected in all this chain because, I don't know, media, language barrier. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing we're going to try to approach uh, moving forward. So I don't think it'll be a one time thing with Maize. We'll probably keep working with them and see how far we can push it. That's I love great. it, man. Yeah. 
So if you are out there, this uh, this Saturday, you said Sunday, 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 and are are you going to be at Chopper? Yeah, so that's a residency for now. We do Chopper Saturdays and Sundays, pretty much all day long. But for the free tacos and the uh, giving kitchen, we'll be there twelve to two thirty, and you can talk to them. You can catch them. Uh, I think it's a perfect time before you go to work. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll 12 to 2.30 yeah. this Sunday. 12 to 2.30 at Chopper in East Nashville. All right. I know you're a busy, busy guy, and you've got to get going. But listen, we got to do another show. I want to, I want to do another full interview with you. I want to know what your last year has been like. I'm sure you've got a million stories. We got to catch up, man. And congratulations on all your success. You guys are just crushing. Hey guys, thank you for the window opportunity to talk and preach out. So I'll see you Sunday. Check out the Giving Kitchen. They're all over town, not just with us today. I think uh, they're doing Bearded Artists on Saturday. Uh, awesome Sunday. And I think I saw something with Monique Shahan on Monday. So Great. we're going to be talking plans. about it all. All right. Yeah. See you guys. Bye. Bye, right, buddy. See you later. Bye. Bye. All right. Thank you, Julio, for joining us. And um, what was the name of that movie? The Shape of Water. The Shape of Water. Okay. So while that was playing, we figured out The Shape of Water. <laughs> I'm going to watch that uh, the second that both of my children are well and aren't trying to sleep in our bedroom every night. <laughs> yes. So, um, Julio's doing pop-ups. Let's talk about some other pop-ups that are going on right now. You can catch Julio at Maiz Del Vida at Chopper Tiki. Um, the cool thing right now, if you have a restaurant and you're not busy on Sunday and Monday night, is to invite young and up-and-coming chefs who don't have brick and mortars to come into your place, which is exactly what has happened at Bastion and Alabrije. Edgar Victoria is at Bastion every Sunday and Monday night. You can go catch Michael Hanna's St. Vito's Focacheria. He is Sunday nights only right now at Hathorne on Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Have you have you gone there and done that? No, we haven't. And I want to so badly. It Sunday, is. I know. You, you told me. Because remember, you went there on a night I went to a bad dinner. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So. <laughs> That was Jennifer's birthday. We took my wife's 40th birthday. We went to St. Vito's. Yeah. And I went somewhere we won't name, but, um, <laughs> but it was bad. <laughs> and so I heard all about your dinner and saw all the photos. It looked so good. So, you know, another pop-up that's really gaining a lot of notoriety is the bad luck burger club. Mm-hmm. I've seen that it's everywhere. Smash burgers. They're doing pop-ups. Follow them on Instagram. Go find them on Instagram and they will post where they are popping up right now. Another one that we heard a lot about uh the other day in a show was Pizza Lolo. Mm-hmm. Pizza Lolo. And again, follow them on Instagram. These people are doing pop-ups all the time. That's exactly the, I would love to tell you all the pop-ups they're doing. They're just not posted yet. So they're literally popping up. But Pizza Lolo is a big one. And then Beginner's Luck, who I think just finished a, a residency over at the Van Dyke. Uh, they're a sandwich pop-up. And again, follow them on um, follow them on Instagram, Beginner's Luck Sandwich Shop. One that's very, uh, I'm excited about, and I think it's going to be something that's going to be way more than just a pop-up. Nathan Gifford from Gifford's Bacon and Prime South Meats had a dream. He had a dream to do a sandwich shop with his very own pate and crew, and he's doing a lot of his own meats. 
and it is called the People's Champ. Mm -hmm. And it is brand new. Yeah, it's exciting. He's very passionate about it, which is what you need. That is well, it's you know what? When you have a he's so like genuine too. You have this dream of, hey, I always wanted to own a sandwich shop that was just mm -hmm. authentic and just amazing, which I think is what Bill's sandwich palace, Bill's sandwich shop is doing also. Mm -hmm. I think they're over at TKO on the weekends. So go check them out. But Nathan Gifford is just follow him at Gifford's Bacon or Nathan Gifford and uh or Prime South Meats. They'll post when they do pop up. Sometimes he does them over at the bacon shop, or as I like to call it, the bacon barn uh, over off uh, Straightway Avenue in East Nashville. And uh, there it is. The new way, the new way to do pop ups. If you, you know, you heard in that interview from uh, Julio that he's working with the giving kitchen. The giving kitchen is. They're just doing amazing things. And they're here officially in Nashville. We had on January the 14th, if you go back, you go to, to Anchor or the website and you go back to January 14th, you can go to YouTube. We had Ryan Schroeder on who is kind of the director over at the Giving Kitchen. He gives a really good update to exactly what the Giving Kitchen offers. And they are offering right now for you. I think I mentioned it in the interview. But if you've been in an accident, you need help they will come and help pay your bills for you while you recover. If you need to go to rehab, you need anything like that. They're just, I, it's a charity that I want to get behind in a very big way. And a bunch of other people have too. Uh, tomorrow, Sunday, they're going to be at uh, chopper with Julio Hernandez. They're going to be on Monday, nine 27. They're going to be at the bearded Iris and Sylvan supply for beer and pizza. And they're talking about what they're doing on Sunday, the third, they're going to be at one city, the Avo parking lot. So you know where like the sandbar is over there and Avo, they're going to be at the one city parking lot, giving stuff away again. I think they've got different packs, but if you're somebody who wants to go learn about them, you want to be somebody who donates your time, go find them in the parking lot at Avo. And uh, they're, they're, this is legit. These guys are doing a great, great things. One more pop-up note. I think this is Kisser's last weekend at Patterson House. Oh, mm. so go today. Get with your good luck getting reservations. They take walk-ins. Yes, they're and they've opened it up too to where it's bar seating as well. I believe so. Ooh. They have added more seats, um, and I don't know where they're headed next, but I know that this is their last weekend at the Patterson House. God, that was such a great dinner. Yeah, that was fun. Kisser, mm -hmm. Ryan, and Leah. Okay. There's a, here's, we're going to talk about this next segment and it's going to be like the bar life with Ben Powell. Mm -hmm. And I am not a bar guy anymore. Right. So I don't have a lot of insight to this, which is why we bring in the professionals. <laughs> ben Powell, who was our last episode here on Nashville Restaurant Radio, is going to join us now to tell us about his favorite places and tell us a little bit more about the Fable Lounge. What's going on, Ben? That's another day in paradise, my friends, hanging out here, making dreams come true. Um, we just got a liquor shipment in, so I'm extremely excited about that. Some new products, some new stuff as we gear up for a hundred part cocktail list on menu as we roll into the next couple of months. So that'll be fully released in November. Wow. So this is perfect because we're talking about drinks in the Fable Lounge. You said a hundred part cocktail list. Like what, what does that even mean? 
So um, I'm fortunate that I'm surrounded by a couple of geniuses that um, can see the essence of a spirit inside a spirit. Um, additionally, um, I'm the guy that takes their genius of what they do and they are like a Monet, they're like a, you know, a, a Picasso and they just paint. And then I'm like, that's awesome. But we need to create a paint by numbers kind of segment here so that other people can follow along with their books. And so what that essentially means is that we do a couple things. So we have what are called notions and what we have what we call potions. And those are essentially staff created cocktails um, from our lead bartender to my business partner to other members of the bar team. And then we have what are called prohibition classics in which we are reincarnating drinks like the old fashioned, um, the Boulevardier, all the way to Vucare, to Bees Knees. Gimlet, rusty nail type stuff. Absolutely. So basically enhancing those drinks um, in the modern formats that they exist. And so these individuals are so well trained and knowledgeable in what they're doing from the golden ratio to the riff ratio to all these different um, high level um, you know, things where I'm like, yo, I got an idea. If you take vodka and soda and put a lime on it, Boom. And they're like, yeah, you're cute. So ultimately, <laughs> it's one of those things where these guys are able to kind of create, make their own syrups, make their own um, shrubs, make their own kind of thing, and can literally mold and enhance the elements of a spirit and move things forward in every way. So it's one of the most impressive feats. And we're very fortunate to be surrounded by such high level, talented and passionate individuals about doing that. So you guys are a restaurant and a cocktail bar. You get multiple facets to your restaurant. And this right. is a quick, I'm going to do a quick promo right here. You can listen to Ben Powell in a full interview next Friday. You're going to get to hear all about the Fable Lounge, every single thing that they're doing over there. I think we may even get a tour. So yeah. listen in to Nashville Restaurant Radio next Friday if you want to learn all about the Fable Lounge. But now, Ben, let me ask you this. Bar etiquette, right? So let's just say I'm a newbie and I don't know what a shrub is, and I'm walking into a bar that has a hundred part cocktail menu. I'm intimidated. I'm I'm yeah. just hey, look, I'm just coming out because it's Friday night and I'm I'm it's amateur night. I'm yeah. intimidated about what you guys are doing. Do I need to be intimidated? What what do I need to do when I walk into a bar? Do I just tell the bartender, hey, I have no fucking clue what's going on here? Yeah, help me, or do I Put a $20 um, bill on the table and go, please don't make yeah. fun of me. Like what goes on? So ultimately the easiest um, way, especially for us here, and I think most um, other establishments do this as well. But if you walk into an establishment like this and you have a little bit of an open mind, but you know what you like, we here at the Fable Lounge are an equal opportunity indulger of all libations. So there's no judgment if you're big on vodka if you only like um kentucky bourbons if, if there's no we're never trying to like force you like Yo, you gotta try this or you don't know what you're talking about so it's one of those things that if you're interested we'll take the time to teach you um and so especially for us it's really one of those opportunities where you get to sit and be with master craftsmen and you get to indulge and engage in what their passions are and so for example um you know for someone that uh, really enjoys rye 
you know, as a, you know, spirit of choice. We have multiple right cocktails that play into that. And so essentially part of our responsibility is to kind of get a sense. Do you want something sweet? Do you want something more savory? Do you like something light like a butterfly? Do you want it to be more dance of a flame? So we have a drink here that's called Moth to a Flame cucumber, cilantro. We've aged um, essentially um, spicy peppers inside the tequila. And it's aptly named because it's like a moth coming into the flame, gets stung, comes back out, comes back, and you just want more. And it keeps coming back for more. And so I think we are fortunate that we're able to cross the divide from what would be a, a easy palatable. If your biggest drink in life was sex on the beach, um, or Madras, which was mine uh, growing up. And yet the palate as a country has elevated. And now people are drinking drinks like emotional intelligence. They're drinking drinks like Moth to a Flame, uh, Take a Beat. All these drinks that are literally five, seven, nine, 12, 17 ingredients, that's so much better. And so our biggest thing that we say here, if you don't like it, I'll drink it. So therefore the burden is off of you. If you literally do not like the drink, we're good. We got you. That you don't need to enjoy it. Now, if you go through seven in a row, uh, we're going to calm you down a little bit, <laughs> but at the same time, <laughs> um, that's how we operate. So I think in terms of bar etiquette, if you come in, and I think in any restaurant, hey, what's your favorite? What do you like to indulge in? What do you like to do? Uh, code vernacular term here is called dealer's choice. Um, hey, man, I'm interested in uh, whiskey dealer's choice. Therefore, okay, no problem. They'll put something together for you, and it'll, it'll blow your mind. Absolutely. So that is okay. So if I don't know your menu, if I don't know some of the yeah. ingredients, because you have different tinctures that you're going to make, and I don't know yeah. what those things are. It's okay for me to say, I like I uh, this drink. Can you make something that's like it that looks yeah. pretty? You can do something yeah. along those lines? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's and the staff takes a lot of pride in that. Um, and it's not to it's more because they're excited about it. they want you to learn what his hibiscus is. They want you to learn, you know what that is. And if you don't care about it, then who cares? We're not going to bore you with it. Like we're not going to say, so you got this It's beet juice. It's, you know, no, no, no. If you enjoy it, great. If you want to learn about it, we'll tell you about it. Absolutely. So you can go either way. So there's no you don't need to be intimidated going into a bar that has a hundred part cocktail menu. You can just go in, no. relax, and you have multiple places. You could start, have a cocktail here, then go have an ice cold beer here, and a glass yeah. of wine and a cigar on your lounge. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. There's no rules. Um, however, I would say this: ordering hot tea um, in any uh, in any restaurant um, at eight o'clock on a Saturday is usually the fastest way to uh, kill the mood. Definitely. But if you're big <laughs> on hot tea, it's definitely good. Um, I, I, I think most consumers don't realize um, the steps that it takes in a restaurant that is designed for dinner. Um, this is true of steakhouses. This is true of, you know, it's where you have to go to seven different locations because the lemon's over there, the honey's down there, the hot water's over here. I need a tea bag. I need you got to bring the whole that. tea. The tea yeah. box has to come to the yeah. table. Yeah, don't yeah. do it. And then some somebody wants skim milk instead of two percent you're just like oh okay now um are there drinks that you turn your nose up at so like if i walk in and i go give me a long island tea are you gonna immediately judge me because i would no um actually this is the way i look at it i think in this business for example um in any other business in the world they're constantly moving forward uh we're progressing on this we're moving on that in this industry um every joke has been pretty much played out i hated it and they were you know 
plates empty. Um, worst drink ever, and they drank the whole thing. Um, the way we look at that is how do I elevate that experience to beyond? So someone you know says they hated that dish, but the plate's clean. Like, well, thank you for looking all of it to make sure it completely sucked. I appreciate your sacrifice. Um, when it comes to drinking like that, we're not going to make you a Long Island iced tea. We're going to make you the best Long Island iced tea you've ever had, ever. And that's the 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 beyond part of it is because if you can elevate what everyone else disdains or sneers at or just kind of go mm, again i believe there's other choices out there that are a little bit more exciting than a long island iced tea but I tell you what man if that's your jam we got you like we'll make awesome. that happen for you um and i think that's definitely you know one of the key components to it absolutely there's just certain things i'm like why would you what like I don't know about that. By the way, hey, if it's your jam, who are we to judge? As long as you enjoy it, that's all that matters. So, um, but absolutely, there was a there was a point in time where you know it was like, oh yeah, you like vodka, you can't handle gin, you know. But when you realize most <laughs> people who had gin for the first time in their life was at a college party, um, it was probably Tanqueray. And no one really wanted a love affair with a pine tree. And so um, they drank. Or it was in much. a trash can with a bunch of fruit. Right, exactly. So, you know. so they drank too much, got sick, and then like, I hate gin. I was like, or we can introduce all these other gins and all that kind of thing. So I think that's where um, we try to be impartial to that moment is that we understand that Bud Light is an amazing beer. Um, we think it's absolutely incredible. We also have some other opportunities here that you could try something else and it would also be just as amazing. Um, and that's kind okay. of the where we where we highlight on that. Okay, so let's let's move away from your amazing place. I know it's hard to do that, but let's 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 say you get off work, you said, hey, if you don't like it, I'll drink it. So you probably don't yeah. have to do much drinking at work, but sometimes you do. Yeah. Where are you going when you get off? Where are your favorite places to get a good cocktail around town? Um, it's quite a few, actually. Um, I would definitely say um, Fox is definitely one of them. Attaboy is always um, an, 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 an very impressive experience at all times. Patterson Over on the east side, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, and then um, I, I always like to do a kind of a local shout out to some of the local um, individuals. There's a uh, bar restaurant, um, Answer, that just opened another one called Flatiron, um, where they are, it's great food, great energy, um, great cocktails as well. Um, they definitely aren't um, trying to do what Fable does in that higher level, but they've got some amazing drinks on there. Um, very friendly staff. And then even next door to us is the local. Um, great group of guys. Listen to live music um, and definitely get a beer, do a shot, do your thing. Um, but definitely good stuff for all of that. Um, personal favorite when we're getting into the higher end world. Um, Optimus is always a fun time as well as E3, STK, Kane Prime. Um, I think what's great about Nashville is that there's almost no wrong choice. It's just a matter of what feels good for you at the moment. Okay. I like it. Thank you so much. There's a lot, there's a lot of stuff we just took out of that, Ben, and hopefully our listeners can Come visit you. Where exactly? What is your address? Where are you located uh, for um, Fable? 
Yeah, so we're at 28th um, Avenue North, so 114 uh, 20th Avenue North, which is in between West End and Poston Street, right uh, by Centennial Park, actually literally less than 100 feet from Centennial Park, um, next to the local, um, uh, an amazing um, you know, singer-songwriter bar right next to us. Uh, for those that don't want to go all the way downtown and enjoy the pure excitement of uh, navigating scooters and other people that have been drinking heavily, um, West End does all that and we're stones throw away from vandy campus where all the nice. games happen so yeah awesome so uh ben powell thank you so much for joining us on the music city absolutely. roundup absolutely i appreciate your time sir cheers yeah, man cool cheers all right so welcome back ben powell I, I i love the way that that guy's the guy's voice is like <laughs> he's just amazing with the way in which he talks and I typically don't do impressions on the show. On the show. <laughs> but today, I have decided, young gentlemen and gentle ladies, that this is what I will be doing. He's no, awesome. Brandon, Brandon does impressions all day outside of the show. It's, and I, it's funny when you know one is coming. Yeah. Like I'm, you hear I'm, somebody talk and you're like, oh, I'm going to hear this again. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I... I I love listening to like Howard Stern and I love it when he does like he has like Jimmy Fallon on or somebody who does impressions. Uh -huh. They're so good. They're so good. Have you heard? Do you watch SNL? I well, yeah, when it's live. Okay. So Chloe Fineman is like this new star breakout on SNL. Anyway, she does like incredible. She does Britney Spears and Drew Barrymore and like everybody. I'll send you some. She's so good. It's ridiculous. No, I know who Chloe Feynman is. Yeah, I, I I haven't watched for her impressions. I'll have to check it out. Oh, my God. She's so funny. It's good stuff. Mm -hmm. So Delia Joe Ramsey, our first, my first co-host on yeah. this show, uh, she's the editor over at Eater Nashville. And you know what? She's a much better gauge of where to go drinking. And if you want to go follow her, uh, she is at Dining with Delia Joe. I think that's her Instagram okay, handle. Yeah, yeah. She's awesome. She goes all around town and eats all over the place and posts pictures and just talks about it. Her her page is fantastic. But they just posted a, an article and go follow Eater Nashville. They're good people over there. She put a uh, the list of the best bars you should be drinking at right now. And I'm going to go over this list because... You know, this isn't necessarily my gig, but you know, I know about some of them. She says, number one, the Fox Bar and Cocktail Club in East Nashville. The Pearl Diver, which is right next to um, our friends Nick and Audrey Gidry at the Pelican and Pig. Chopper Tiki, which is where you'll find Julio and Mais De La Vida. Attaboy, which is, from what I understand, like one of the best bars in the whole city. Mother's Ruin in Germantown, directly kind of catty corner uh, down the street from one of my favorite places, the Germantown pub Jane's hideaway, which is in, um, what is that place called? The uh, printer's alley mm -hmm. Jane's hideaway, super cool, kind of neat little tucked away place. Jane's hideaway. The 1230 club is about to open their top floor, the supper club, but the 1230 club right there in the new fifth and broad is Sam Fox and Justin Timberlake's uh, place. And mm -hmm. it is super swank yeah i saw some photos it looks looks swanky yes now i know a lot of people would um previously or still do like to go to printer's alley and there is um 
my brain's drawing a blank right now on the Skull's Rainbow Room is a oh, great yeah. drink. But I just noticed that we had a Kende Ulagundie on our show, and he was kind of one of their main bartenders. He's now at the Continental. Mm -hmm. so the Continental right there in the Grand Hyatt is another place. If you want to do high-end cocktails, he's over there now. So if you're wondering where to find a Kende, go check him out at the Continental. Bar Sovereign is another one. And then Otto's. We did a live remote from Otto's before they even opened to check it out. James and Louisa Green, they also own Headquarters Coffee Shop. Otto's, it's in an old uh, auto repair place. So it's like they have, it's Otto's, like A-U-T-O-S, but O-T-T-O-S. It's super cool. It's a really neat little place. They've got a great patio. Uh, the Patterson House. Patterson House always is kind of the first speakeasy that this city has seen. The Fable Lounge, of course, you just heard Ben Powell talk about it. Bastion, you get the best nachos in town at Bastion. And then the final one on our list is Old Glory, uh, Britt and Alexis Salar. Um, they were at 308, number 308. And if you like that, you will love Old Glory. That place is absolutely beautiful. These like 30 foot ceilings. And oh, I used to go a lot. It's such a Back cool when I place. lived in like Nashville, I would go a lot. Have you been to any of those places I just described? I've been to nothing new um, because the two people I hang out with the most, you and my husband, are both sober. So um, <laughs> I don't go to a lot of new bars, but all of the older ones, yes, I've been to. All right. So now I really want to get into this. The The biggest issue, everybody that I talk to on the show, what's the number one issue in restaurants right now, Jen? Hiring. Hiring. Everybody out there is, is dying. We all need quality people. And um, I think we've got some great people. I'm really excited about the people we have. But we always need some more. And I'm looking for some best practices as to what to do, how to hire the best people, and so we went straight to the source. We went to Mary Pillow Thompson, who is the owner of Faux and Bow. Well, she could very well easily be our female-owned spotlight because she is female-owned. And she is, uh, her and her partner, Hallie Hayes, started Faux and Bow. And they're local. They live right here in Nashville. And they are doing a fantastic job. Let's jump in right now with Mary Pillow Thompson. Excited here to be with Mary Pillow Thompson from FOH and BOH.com which is Faux and Beau, and thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. It's busy, a busy season that we're in. Well, so it is, and that's one of the reasons why we really wanted to have you on the Music City Roundup, because we've got such a crazy, crazy environment. If you ask 10 restaurateurs what their biggest challenge is right now, I think 11 of them would tell you it's hiring. And so since you guys have the, the, the newest, the best website as to how to get those people in the building, I thought today would be a lot of fun to kind of talk about some best practices that you're seeing as somebody who's in the business. What are you seeing right now? It, help us out. What are some best practices we can uh, start imploring right now? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, for for restaurants, they need to do what they can to sell themselves to candidates, potential workers. It is no longer just about the, the wage compensation. That's certainly important. It's always going to be important, but that 
in and of itself is not really what a potential candidate is looking for just alone. So restaurants need to talk about their culture. They need to talk about and communicate and really sell themselves on what it's like to work, not just for maybe the big corporation that they belong to, but for that location specifically. Uh, there are many restaurants that belong to a, a chain, a group, but each location has their unique identity and they need to really work on that and, and convey to the candidates what it's like to work at the location in East Nashville. What is it like to work in the location downtown or in Brentwood? So those different personalities matter to the candidate. So much more than just, hey, we're bringing X amount of dollars. You're telling me candidates right now want to know what kind of quality of life they're going to have. That's inside right. the building at the job. Yeah, that's right. I mean, look, they, they are in high demand right now. So it is, you know, they, they can potentially walk into just about any restaurant in town and be hired, or at least there is a need for the role that they, they could occupy. And so what they're really looking for is they want to come to work and they want to enjoy it and they want to be happy and they want to know what it's what would it be like on the inside to work with this team at this location? Uh, I can tell you on on Foe and Bow, we make a big effort to let each location talk about themselves uniquely. We allow them to customize their messaging according to that location so that their voice really can come across to the candidates when they're reaching out to them. Um, but yeah, Brandon, I think that you know the communication, I will say, we we take a poll, we ask candidates what they value most. And I, I think it might surprise people to know that compensation is not number one, uh, but it really boils down to communication. And the more, the more open and the more genuine the communication can be between management and the workforce, the you know, the happier the team is and the longer they will stick around at that establishment. Well, you took the question from me because I was about to say, now, how does Foambo allow the restaurateur to differentiate? You jumped right in there. Yeah. If I'm a candidate and I'm going to Foambo because I want to find that job, what are, what, why is that different than other sites? I think just that because you they can peruse not only just is there, you know, is there a server position open at this place? That's that's pretty standard, right? You can read that on on Craigslist. Um, but on Foe and Boat, they can read uh, unique messages, personalized messages from the hiring manager to them. They can read about the location itself and not about the food they serve and that it's farm to table and that it's fresh and they've got a happy hours eight days a week, but they can read about what it's like to work there. Oh, cool. Now today I, I remarked earlier and I'm going to change my view here so that people can see me. Um, I, I decided this morning that I was going to wear a tie because I haven't worn a tie in like 10 years. And I don't know what it was. How important is it to dress for an interview? Like when you're, Walking up to how important is it that people dress the part? 
I think that's a great question because I think there is the misconception that the restaurant industry, which is cool and fun and relaxed and casual and, but, you know, it does when you're showing up for an interview, what's the old saying dress, like you want the job, not like you have the job. Yeah. And so just because once you're, you know, six months into the job, it's cool for you to show up on a Friday in jeans and a t-shirt doesn't mean that's what you wear to an interview. It's a, it's still big business to the owner. I mean, whether it's a bar on Broadway, it doesn't mean that the the role you're applying for is not a serious role that that impacts the bottom line and therefore the success of that business. So it is not not a joking matter. If they need a good bartender, they need a good bartender. And that's got to be uh, taken professionally and seriously. So uh it's very important it just conveys that you are a professional in the industry it's amazing because i i would completely agree with that I people come in for server or host jobs wearing suits and i'm like well you're overdressed for the part but i'm always pleasantly surprised that somebody's overdressed it's never a oh wow you're wearing sandals you really got this job down but like coming in in a suit and tie just let, lets me know that you are serious and that you project well. I want to look good. I feel good. And I take this seriously. Yeah, that that's just it. It's, it shows that whatever your best dress is, it just shows that you've taken the time. It was important enough not just to roll out of bed and throw on your workout clothes to go to the interview. Yeah. Amazing. So what are some other trends you're seeing in Nashville? If I'm a restaurateur in Nashville, is it hard to sign up for Fombo? I mean, I imagine everybody signed up for Fombo now. Do you have every restaurant in the whole city using you guys? I know we do. Just about. Just <laughs> about. <laughs> um, I'll say that's one thing that we really focused on from the get-go uh, was making it super easy. We all know what it's like to go to a website and you just want to buy the sweater in your cart and you can't because there's all this stuff getting in the way. And so... We wanted to make it really easy for people to hit the website, click sign up, put your restaurant in there. We should already have it in there. So you don't even have to type the address in there and then just say, hey, I'm looking for a server or line cook, whatever it is. And boom, you're in. Like there's no. Uh, you can hire who you need to hire. That's right. That's right. So you can um, turn it off and turn it on. You can peruse behind the curtain. Uh, without any long drawn out process. So it's, um, we made it very easy. I love that. And um, what was my last, I had another question for you and I forgot what it was. Well, if they do want a long drawn out process, they can talk to sales. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, gosh, I would say the, the, the process to sign up an account if I'm a, if I'm out there in listeners and I want to sign up, everything's free if you're looking for a job, right? That's right. That's exactly right. And, I, and I'm glad you mentioned that because I think for for candidates, it's often overlooked that they we could be a huge asset to them. I mean, even though they could walk in to about any restaurant and they they would have an opening and a need, that is still time time consuming for them. Whereas when a candidate creates their profile on Foambo, they tell us what types of establishments they want to work in. So if they don't want to work in a country club or they don't want to work in a honky tonk, but they do want fine dining or they do want a coffee shop, 
then we then then our technology acts as a personal recruiter for them. And so we oh, wow. are able to see, yeah, we're able to see what coffee shops are hiring that are near where they told us they're commuting from and how long they're willing to commute to work. So we can present to them, hey, you might want to look at Anzi Blue. They're hiring in Hillsborough Village for a barista. And so we've taken the legwork out of that for them and, uh, you know, surface those those openings for the candidates. Well, I, uh, I know that you guys have this is a, this is a company that is woman owned. You guys are locally owned and operated. I think you see foambo.com. You go on there and you go, wow, this is a really nice website. You guys are expanding rapidly, but you live here in Nashville. That's right. That's right. Born and raised. It used to not be cool. Born and raised. It is. <laughs> <laughs> She's a unicorn. That's right. <laughs> so this is so much fun. It's great to catch up with you. And um, if you're out there looking for a job, you need to find, you need to go to Foambo and you need to sign up with them. Mary Pillow, thank you so much for taking the time today to just give us an update on the market, some of the best practices. And I can't wait to talk to you again on our next episode. Sounds great. Thank you, Brandon, for having me. It was fun. All right. So Mary Pillow Thompson, thank you so much for joining the show. If you out there need to hire people, and I know that you do, go check out foeandbow.com. We uh, are active users of it in our restaurants. And we just, we're, we're getting, I have a manager in the building who's using it right now, who we got on foeandbow. Mm -hmm. She's an absolute rock star. All right, we're going to segue right now into our African-American owned spotlight, uh, who this one coincidentally is a female owned spotlight. Jen, your friend Keisha Hay, owner of Sip and Bite Catering, you get to catch up with her. How did that go? It was good. I hadn't talked to her in a couple of years. So I knew Keisha when I briefly left the restaurant industry. I was the national sales director for a bridal company. And um, we rented out our spot to a few other like industry professionals. And I met Keisha, who does her own. She does Sip and Bite Catering sip and bite cocktail catering. Um, and she does maybe the most beautiful food I've ever seen. It's incredible. And it's, it's like small portions, right? Cause she does bites and stuff like that, but they're all gorgeous. Um, and she's just a beautiful person with like the best energy of anyone. <laughs> and she's very calming and yeah, she's, she's a really impressive person and I'm really excited for her because when I had met her is when she first started to take the leap into doing this full time. Um, so I'm really excited for her that she's had success and that she continues to grow and, and she's, she's just a very impressive, cool lady. I love it. Let's jump in with the interview right now. All right, y'all. So I am here with Chef Keisha of Sip and Bite Cocktail. How are you? Oh, I'm doing so good. How are you? I'm so good. So tell us a little bit about Sip and Bite and how you came to be, because you are not only a female owner, a woman, mm -hmm. but you are also a black woman business owner, which is incredible. Yeah. So um, Sip and Bite uh, pretty much formulated um, after I, it just since I was 15, I've been in the restaurant industry. And um, when I went to college, I studied fashion design and while in college, I was kind of having one of those crisis moments, like, is this what I want to do with the rest of my life? Um, and I was working in food and beverage and got introduced into, you know, the mixologist, I guess, community. And that's kind of what sparked um, 
the creativeness of what I take from fashion design and merging that with food, I was like, oh, if I can do this with cocktails, I can do this with food. And I love small bites. I love tapas. Mm -hmm. I love sharing. And so those two ideals just kind of came together. And the other part of it is not just so much about what you're eating, but how it looks presentation really big for me. Um, and so I officially established Sip and Bite back in 2014, just uh, private chefing part-time while I was working other part-time jobs and other, you know, I had a full-time job. And finally in 2019, uh, that's when I took the full leap of, I'm doing this. I'm not stepping foot in another restaurant um, to work for anyone else. I want to work for myself. And I love the intimacy between, you know, the client and the chef to be able to have those conversations, design menus that are custom. So that's so cool. I didn't know that you went to fashion school, but that makes complete mm -hmm. sense considering like your food is some of the most beautiful <laughs> for you to do it. And like, because they are small plates, right? So for you yeah. to do like that many elements that are that beautiful is, is so impossible. Like I'm, <laughs> Every time you post something, I'm like, goodness gracious. Well, you know, it's it's one of those things like just I've been in art since I was little. And so mm -hmm. I approach the plate as if I were approaching my sketch pad or, you know, when I was draping fabrics and just kind of, you know, that that whole visualization. Um, and then the, you know, obviously the culinary part comes in where you're just trying to build those elements. Mm -hmm. um, so the same thing with fashion. Um, when I was in high school, I actually made prom dresses for two years. Oh, wow. I had a hand bead. And so I don't mind those like very tedious, you know, steps yeah. in order to get to the bigger picture. Mm. Um, so, yeah. That's very cool. Um, golly, hand beading. That's an... That's a lot. Yeah, they they laughed at me at the fabric store. I said, "Just watch," and I came back with a pretty much fully beaded. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! I want to. I want you to send me a picture of it. I want to. Oh I have to dig it up somewhere. <laughs> hiding within these walls. Well, so I, you know, we talk a lot about Brandon and I talk personally about it, like when we're just or privately, I guess, about it about women in the industry and how like now it's finally becoming normal. But yeah. for a long time, it really wasn't normal. And well, well, I feel like maybe, yeah, there's the there's the part of it not being normal, and then there's also the part of not getting the exposure. Yes, you know, they could have been there all this time, and they don't get we don't yeah. get that as equal of exposure. I mean, now there's there's obviously more preface on that, and mm -hmm. um, having pretty much equality, you know, across mm -hmm. the board with okay. I, this person is being showcased just as much as this person, but there's still so much work to do. There's so much work to do. So and to do, like right. when we look at the past culinary, right? Like we can point to Julia Child, I think is the one that everyone's like, oh, Julia Child. That's, that's, that's your yeah, I, I love her. I do. I, yeah. Who doesn't love her, right? She was exactly. like super herself and she was okay to mess up and she was just, she was just lovely. But anyway, we haven't had, we don't have a lot of that, right? We have- yeah, yeah. Now we can point to like, I don't know. I feel, I don't want to like get canceled over this, but you can have, you can point to like Rachel Ray and like the pioneer woman and like, are they culinary experts? I don't know. Are they home cooks? I don't know. I think it depends on who you're talking to. Um, right. <laughs> and the level of expectation for what it is that they do. Yeah. yeah. And not to diss a home cook. Like I'm, I don't cook anything. Like I'm not, I'm not even a home cook. So <laughs> like not to diss that. No. But, 
I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that you would be dissing it. I think again, there's just different, different tiers, something right. that appeals to different people at different levels. And right. like that's fair. So for you then, did you have somebody that you really looked up to in your life, either personally or professionally, that you were like, okay, they do that. I can do this. So, you know, that for me, I mean, I grew up watching Julia and Martha, um, two fat women, two fat ladies on um, PBS, um, you know, and then eventually merged into um, watching, oh my goodness, what's that one competition show? I'm going to, I'm going to keep going, okay. uh, but just, but just like things that were food related. And then mm -hmm. eventually I, you know, I had a love hate relationship for Ina for just at the very, very <laughs> beginning. And then I watched one of her episodes. She was making this really beautiful chilled shrimp salad and I tried it. Um, I like made it at home and I was like, okay, like <laughs> she knows what she's talking about. And I just fell in love with her. So, you know, but as far as like, even even in like the black culinarian spectrum, yeah. uh, you know, Jessica B. Harris is, was, is definitely one of, you know, an influence for me. Maya Angelou, who actually, surprisingly enough, was also, you know, also has a cookbook or had a cookbook out. Oh, I um, didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's definitely other Ida, um, mm -hmm. other black women in culinary, but I wasn't exposed to them like I was exposed to Julia, mm -hmm. you know, so I learned about them later. And... It wasn't until I I stumbled upon and started following this podcast called Cherry Bomb, and they she was interviewing a black private chef, woman mm -hmm. private chef, and in my mind I'm like I had no idea this was even a thing. Yeah, you know that that that's something that I could actually aspire to do because, mm -hmm. you know, unfortunately there is that stereotype that you know someone like me may only make a certain type of food and not really mm -hmm. get you know, whatever recognition for stepping outside of the box. So, you know, I get overlooked. Well, um, and unfortunately that stereotype too is not just that it's certain types of food, but it's like a certain level of food, right? Exactly. Like the level that you execute at is, is impressive. It is like, and not impressive because you're black or because you're a woman, because it's impressive. Well, and I'm not classically trained. Mm -hmm. I, you know, a lot of it was learn and watch by observing, asking questions. Mm -hmm. um, I worked at a country club for almost five, for about five and a half years. I feel I, like everyone starts in country clubs. I hear this all the time. <laughs> it, it's a very interesting world. <laughs> um, you know, that was where I had started bartending. And, mm -hmm. you know, my my dearest friend, David, uh, he was essentially my, my mentor for this. Um, and we would make infusions and, you know, he was so inspired by Patterson House that, you know, we were doing bitters and tinctures and um, our own simple syrups and trying to really kind of jazz up the country club, you know, kind of stand yeah. you where it's like, I just want my Manhattan, my martini or my old fashioned, nothing wrong with that. But we have younger generations, you know, that are now members and we yeah. want to also appeal to just all of you trying something different. And so with that, also our chef, who I was good friends with, um, you know, they would do these cocktail receptions and I would just see them making these really beautiful little, you know, style bites. And I'm like, wow, okay. Um, I'm really intrigued. I want to learn more. What am I tasting? What are you doing? And so that's kind of how I absorbed all of that. Um, Were your parents good cooks or did you just... My, so my mom, <laughs> she, great cook. Um, my dad really was like the, yeah. uh, the culinarian and not 
like at like a really super high level. Um, mm-hmm. He actually, so my family had a wing restaurant for about 15 years and he actually started that cool. with my uncle and my cousin and it was called Buffalo Express at the time. And then they switched it over to Knockout Wings and it was um, located on Jefferson Street. Uh, my uncle just retired the business last year. Wow. Uh, right after the tornado, because it came down Yeah. Uh, that that area. And I, I think they got a little bit of damage. It wasn't anything crazy, but I think that for him was a sign to say it's time to move on. Sure. So that technically was my first restaurant job. Was that Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's sweet. Um, so where do you see... I, I'd say that both the future of Sip and Bite, right? And then the future of you as well, like as you're evolving and things like that, or, because representation does matter. And we've talked Absolutely. about that a lot. So I, I want to see you everywhere. So how, what is your goal for you and for the catering company? So, so my goal, um, you know, for me is to be able to interact mm-hmm. with as many and have intentional interactions, not just... Mm-hmm you know, be in all the places, but having intentional connections and interactions with, you know, clients, with collaborators, um, and really focusing on the passion projects mm-hmm. too, um, and just or in artistically motivated projects, uh, because that's what I feel like feeds the, the soul of my company. Um, yeah. You know, I'm able to, yes, meet different clients and do different types of menus for them, which keeps me excited. But it's also when I'm able to to then come into, like have a, an idea come into fruition of something that, like a high tea, like I do these pop-up high teas and they just feed me so much that it's not so much that I'm making money off of it at, you know, at this point, but it's, I get to be as creative as I want to be and expressive as I want to be. So just continuing that and you know working with people that want to see something mm-hmm. beautiful happen um, out of all these really cool ideas um and the thing too that i i also kind of uh try to there's a little bit of a difference with catering and private chefing you know that catering is definitely needed <laughs> we, yeah. we need that especially for like the larger groups um and i think that's a necessity for sure with private mm-hmm. chefing it's a little bit more intimate um, digging a little bit more deep into menu development. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, I'm a researcher. So I like, I feel like sometimes with, with catering and this is not to knock them at all, but you don't, you have to really work off of certain guidelines. Yeah. You're going for the bulk. Exactly. Whereas mm-hmm. for me, you know, I have people ask me all the time, well, could you do like 70, a hundred people? And I'm like, I could, but then I start to lose myself in the yeah. numbers and I'd rather focus on what's of quality versus trying to knock out yeah. something. Um, and so, you know, that's also the other thing is just keeping that intimate approach moving mm-hmm. forward um, and really establishing the style of what it is that comes with sip and bite. Yeah. So do you want to eventually, do you ever want like a, a restaurant proper or are you like, no, I just want to, <laughs> no, I, I am very much a butterfly. I love to just be able to flutter into different situations, mm-hmm. you know, also being able to travel. Uh, my yeah. mentor, Sophia, she hosts a women in chocolate retreat and she does that out of her and her father's hacienda out in Santa Fe. Cool. And so, you know, opportunities like that to be able to, she's going to be flying me out there next year. Uh, to chef for the ladies of the retreat 
that to me is more appealing than kind of being pigeon-held. And, you know, eventually I would like to get settled in to where I I can have an intimate space to host out of Mm -hmm. um, that kind of acts like a restaurant, but not really. So, you know, trying to figure out mixing the best of both worlds. Yeah. Um, yeah. But pop-ups, I love the pop-up idea. So we're working on on that. We just had one, my friend Holly of Golden Roots, National mm-hmm. Mother Private Chef. She and I just uh, co-chefed for a secret pop-up dinner at a client's house. And so okay. that concept to me is more doable. Yeah. Can, well, that's so common. Exactly. You can put yeah. it up and break it down in about 48 hours. and Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's very cool. And I love that Nashville is really like taking on to that Me right too. now. I think that's so important. Me too. So yeah. I have to ask, like, what is your, what do you eat in the restaurant? Like, what are your favorite restaurants to go to? Who are your favorite chefs? Who are you looking at? They don't have to be well-known. They can be up and coming or, you know. Well, you know, listen, I will always, always, always shout out my girl Malia with Lou. Um, I, since, since they open um, and, kind of following along that journey and also having friends say, you need to go try this place and you try this place. Um, and this is probably like within like their first few months that they were open. And I noticed their menu right away, the utilization of edible flowers. Mm-hmm. And there's restaurants I feel like that are now like getting more keen, like Butcher and Bee. I love how they mm-hmm. use their edible flowers. But I was just so um, intrigued and impressed in how they were doing it. They weren't just throwing an orchid onto everything. They were actually putting it in the food, which is what I do. Yes. So I've been looking for some, you know, for a place to go to that, yes, the food, you can eat that pretty much every single day. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's just so beautiful to look at. Um, So Lou, definitely one of my favorites. Um, Once upon a time in France, because I'm a French file at heart through and through. Um, I just, I love that very classic brasserie style, like French brasserie style you know, no craziness about it because um, it takes me back to when I went to France. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to have that literally in my neighborhood, I don't live in East Nashville, but I will go. <laughs> I will go there for their food. Um, and then I love Yolan. Yeah. I, I hear a lot about Yolan. Everyone's like, it's so good. You're not in Nashville. <laughs> no, you don't. The, they're what really impressed me, not only just like, the, I love the atmosphere, but the presentation of the food, mm-hmm. and then it actually tasted good. <laughs> yeah, because sometimes you can get one or the other. It's oh, like, absolutely. absolutely, you know what I mean. But they I had the most heavenly experience. We went for a friend's birthday, um, and I, I just—it was just incredible. Every single thing we had was incredible. I was so, and then it wasn't like crazy pricing wise. You know, yeah. we pretty much ate through the entire menu. Um, so, you know, it, I feel like because I also come from a server background, I noticed those things as well. Mm-hmm. And service is a big, big thing for me as well as food quality and presentation, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, I know that there's other restaurants around town that probably hit on all those notes. Like I love Cafe Rose and Rose Pony, sure. places like that. But, um, you know, it, I'm very picky <laughs> when I do go out, yeah. uh, so, you know, spending the money and trying to invest in, and definitely, um, you know, the, the smaller business owner style, smaller mm-hmm. restaurants, those are very important. Those are really dear to my heart. So, yeah. Well, and honestly now in the city, you can be picky. Like yeah. we have enough options where it's like, okay, great. If you just want to be vegan, like there's a ton of vegan places. Absolutely. To go. Yeah, have choices. Yeah. Which I mean, when I moved here, we did not have. <laughs> these no. Choices. 
<laughs> no, and I'm born and raised. Yeah. Life. You know, I'm used to seeing uh, like most, mostly old Charlies and Shonies. <laughs> and now they're like maybe one. In I know you don't see those as often. don't see them anymore. No. Um, and so, you know, for me, it's like, it's not like we grew up with this incredible, you know, spread. It definitely developed over time. Um, and the ones that have great longevity, you know, they're, they're still here. Yeah. So they're putting us on the map. So tell us where we can, if somebody wants to book you, how they book you, where they can find you, let us find you. Yeah. So, um, I have a lot of people go through either my Instagram or, um, my website. Um, and typically with that, you know, you fill out a contact form. I try to, at least in a sense, let you see visual, like wise, what you're, what to expect. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, it's typically through email, you guys will reach out to me for the first initial contact, but then I set up a consult. So, um, you can reach me through my website, um, or through my Instagram. And uh, from there, we just kind of start that that consultation process and feel out each other's energy, make sure it's a right match. Um, and then, yeah. And it's SIP in bite, like not I-N, just N, right? Mm -hmm. So just for in. the website, SIP in bite. So it's SIP in bite private chef. Okay, perfect. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming thank on. Thank you Chat. so much. I haven't seen you in a couple of years, so this was fun to catch up with you and, so and learn more about you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate you guys for having me on today. All right, Jen, thank you so much for, for catching up with Keisha. She seems like she's just amazing. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I definitely, if you're out there and you need a catering event, check out Keisha Hay over at Sip and Bite. Catering. Well, it brings us to our final segment today. It's going to be from, uh, we're going to start off with an interview from Tavares Taylor. And he is the sales manager over at Cytex, who's been an awesome partner to this show. Mm -hmm. And they used to sponsor the Roundup. And we told them, you know, hey, we're bringing this back. And they said, dude, we'd love to talk about what's new. Every time that I talk to these guys, they are just, they're, they're telling me all of the new stuff they're doing. I go, well, you're a perfect candidate for what's new. Let's bring him on. So Tavares is going to talk about what's new. Then we're going to tell you what restaurants are new in Nashville and coming to Nashville. Uh, so check it out here with Tavares Taylor. All right. So welcome to the roundup. Tavares Taylor from Cytex. So excited for you to tell us about what's new. How you doing, man? I'm, I'm doing well, brother. How are you? How you I am fantastic. I'm excited. I've been doing a lot of traveling recently. So I've kind of been out of the loop. So I'm myself excited to learn what's new and i'll give our listeners a little bit of backstory yeah um when we previously did the roundup we had a segment called what's new and that segment was we talked about all the new restaurants that are coming into town and every time i talk to ross i get he tells me about all these restaurants that i haven't even heard about and i said man we should bring back the what's new but we should bring you guys on to talk about it and he said heck yeah man let's do it so Tavares Taylor, you're the sales manager, one of the sales managers over at Cytex, and you're out and about, spend all this time. So a perfect opportunity for you to tell us exactly what's out there right now. Absolutely. So as you know, Nashville in itself, we are continuously growing and growing and growing. Some of the new restaurants that we have had the opportunity to partner with, uh, Audrey, we're actually about to, um, to start servicing them here next week. And that's under Chef Sean Brock. Um, but we've also gotten uh, Chefs uh, Joyland as well as the Continental. We have Calasino in Franklin, Tennessee. Uh, we just got a partnership with the 1230 Club. 
The Optimist, Superica. Um, let's see here. I just closed also Loveless Cafe. I, that was a really, while every one of those accounts, um, you know, they were very genuine as far as the processes go. I was really excited about the Loveless Cafe because as you know, the Loveless Cafe is a big staple here to our city and, you know, into Nash, into Nashville. So we've partnered with them and we're currently working with the Pancake Pantry as well. So those are two uh, staples that I'm really excited about because they really represent the history here of, you know, in, in Nashville. Have you got to go and tour inside of the Audrey? I have. I actually just left there today. I've been I've been by the Audrey a, a couple of times this week. What are you what are your thoughts? I, I keep hearing that it's just absolutely phenomenal. It is absolutely phenomenal. It's going to be a top notch establishment. It's going to be top notch quality. And I tell you the 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 build that they have, the design that they have put into not only the establishment, but the culture as well. I really think you're going to get to experience all that in one at Audrey. Wow. I am so excited about that restaurant opening. Anything else that's brand new out there that we need to be aware of? Well, you know, like I said before, there's a lot that's going on here in Nashville. There's a lot popping up, you know, but as you also know, we're still in the middle of, you know, a crazy, crazy pandemic. So we've kind of, um, we've kind of adjusted our processes a little bit just to make so that we can, you know, one thing I really love about our company being family owned and operated is that we take care of the people that we establish relationships with. You know, while we've had to make a lot of hard decisions here lately, as far as, uh, you know, taking on additional partnerships, we really want to make sure that we not only set up our staff for success, but we also continuously provide the quality of service that everyone has come accustomed to. Um, I think that's the big part of why we've gotten so many different partnerships here in Nashville. Cause as you know, Brandon, we just do diff business differently. I do. I do. And you guys do. And you know, one of the things that you guys are still continuing to deliver a lot of restaurants, a lot of restaurants are getting a letter from people saying, Hey, sorry, we just, we can't provide the volume we used to. We're, we're trying to get on board and, uh, it's been a challenge, it's been a challenge for everybody, but you guys seem to pitch in as a team and just kind of make it happen. Well, I tell you, one thing I've learned about Cytex is we're like a um, a family of cousins, you know, in this yeah. pandemic. We have had, you know, we've had uh, learning opportunities and learning moments for sure, like everyone else has. But I do commend them on the fact that we want to make sure we can take care of the business that we currently have without adding on additional business to interrupt our quality of service that we deliver day in and day out. That's good. I mean, uh, I think that you guys have been growing like crazy and uh, that's only, it's, it's a good thing unless you have, don't have enough workers to make it happen. So uh, a good time to announce you guys are hiring. We are, we are <laughs> hiring. We are hiring. We're hiring here at our Nashville, uh, at our Nashville location. Um, you can find more information about that process at Cytex-Corp.com, but we are hiring. So if you're looking for a rewarding family-owned and operated linen company to work for, we I totally recommend Cytex. Awesome. Well, Tavares, thank you so much for joining us today and letting us know what's new in your world. Absolutely. Any, and, yeah, and thank you for always. I feel like each time we've been having these segments, we and I have been having, uh, you know, um, this relationship. So we just get on here and get it done. And I really enjoy that. As always, Brandon, it's always great to chat with you, brother. Thank you, Tavares. Hope you have a wonderful rest of the week. You stay blessed. Nice stay weather safe. this weekend. Yes.
Yes. I'm looking forward to all that. I'm going to go play some kickball in Cincinnati this weekend. Man, that sounds great. Yes, yes. All right, buddy. We'll take care. All right. Well, you stay blessed and safe. Bye-bye. Beautiful. All right. So Tavares Taylor, uh, thank you so much for joining. And Cytex, thank you so much for everything you do. You heard a lot about new restaurants? You've been eating out at new places right now, Jen? I actually have. My friend, um, our good friend, opened a restaurant in Murfreesboro. And so I made the trek out there. My husband and I did. It was a good 45-minute drive. Um, and it was so good. It's called West 22 Tacos. And my friend Austin Garcia opened it. And it's incredible. It was so good. East? To, West, West 22 Tacos. West 22 Tacos. Yeah, so he'll probably hate me for saying this, but they have a taco platter, right? And it's like one of every taco. And it's like $40. And you can share that with three or four people. It also comes with like chips and guac. He'll hate me for saying that because I'm sure that's no fun to make in the kitchen. <laughs> but it is so good and such a good deal. And I mean, that pork belly taco is probably one of the best tacos we've had in a long time. If not the best, it's incredible. And their churros are cinnamon bun churros, and they're really good. Ooh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to defer some of these next people to another, to back to Delia Joe. Okay. Uh, because Eater, she's 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 just amazing. She's all over the place doing her thing. Yeah. So, again, check out Eater Nashville. I want to give her total credit for this. Um, some new restaurants have just opened up. The Authentique. You familiar with this? I'm not, but I love the name. Uh, Melville Arndt, uh, once upon a time in France, mm -hmm. opened this French spot authentique on 925 Gallatin Road. Uh, this is one of his lifelong dreams, and um, I have not been yet, but apparently it is amazing. Samurai Sushi East and then EG and MC Cocktail Bar. Uh, that is the brainchild of Clint Gray, Derek Moore, and EJ Reed, the crew behind Slim and Huskies. Mm -hmm. That is opened on 924 Jefferson Street. Of course, Miranda Lambert has her Casa Roja downtown. 60 Vines. I hear so much about 60 Vines in Thank Fifth you. and Broad. Um, but this, again, it's not a local place, but they're doing really cool stuff. Um, the Continental is officially open. Sean Brock's new place in the Grand Hyatt. And I have, you know, we had the Influencer's Guide to the Best of Nashville. And Kate Davis, Nashville food fan, said that was the best meal she's ever eaten in her entire life. Yeah. What is the next event we have coming up that we can have an excuse to go spend that much money on dinner? What is it? Oh, I don't know. I don't do know. It. No, I, of course we can just do it. But <laughs> I think the next, we have to get through the holidays. Me and Steven both have a birthday in December and Brian and Kenji. So well, let's do that. Me and Jolene. Birthday dinner at the Continental. Let's make yeah. that happen. So it'll be all six of us, and that'll be – we'll do that. Um, there's a new brunch, dinner, and happy hour opening in Midtown – or Option Midtown. Uh, Flatiron uh, opened back in May, and uh, it is in Midtown. What does Flatiron specialize in? Flatiron uh, is brunch, dinner, and happy hour. And cool. it's uh, Chris Rochi and Victoria Rothberg. They own the beloved Sylvan Park restaurant, Answer. Oh, yeah. um, they have French toast sticks, pimento cheese stuff, potato skins, breakfast sandwiches. Um, well, at dinner, you can have steak, salads, cheeseburgers, and coffee rubbed bone-in pork chops. This is directly from Eater. That is, that is yes. Delia's words. I want to know about the name choice for Flatiron because I'm always 
did I leave my flat iron on? Like that's. That's. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Absolutely. Um, Tai Isan is open in Brentwood. It's mm -hmm. also open in the Assembly Food Hall. It's been open for a little bit. And um, the Zorba Cafe, the new quick service Mediterranean Cafe, it's in Smyrna. So hummus, falafel, the whole deal at Zorba Cafe. And um, there's a bunch of new stuff that's on the horizon. Like a bunch of new restaurants that are coming. Do you want to hear about some of the fall openings coming to Nashville? Of course they do. Fall is the best. All right. Nashville's most anticipated restaurant openings. Again, Delia is giving us the content here today because uh, she's amazing. Thank you, Delia. Again, follow her at Dining with Delia on Instagram. Number one, obviously, is the Audrey. Right. right? Audrey, which is Sean Brock's dream restaurant named after his grandmother. It's going to be absolutely amazing. That's the other one we've been, I talked about this restaurant on my first interview that I ever did. So okay. I kind of talked to, to myself. Uh, oh, it was the first first live interview I ever did with Carrie Bringle. And this was in March, March 17th of 2020. I said, Bringle smoking Oasis is on the way. And he said, yeah, man, it's coming eventually. And then the pandemic hit. And we are actually looking at like a late October opening for Bringle Smoking Oasis over in the nations. That is going to be an amazing, amazing area. Amazing place. Mm -hmm. I love the nations. I think that has the, had the best glow up. Oh yeah. And it's still, it's still glowing. Yeah. Uh, Druzy and Dar is coming to the Hermitage Hotel. That is Jean George's new spot, uh, which was previously the Capitol Grill. Mm -hmm. That is now going to be Druzy and Dar. Druzy and Dar, I believe is, Two kids from one of the, the one of the original general managers. Uh, his kids' names were Drewsy and Dar, and they were always at the hotel playing, and they were just kind of mainstays there. So they're naming the restaurant after the two kids. That's cute. Yeah. Um, the Dutch Nashville and Carne Mar at the W Hotel Nashville. So we had the GM from that hotel on the um, the roundup, the Music City roundup, and he talked about how amazing that's going to be. But uh, the Dutch Nashville and Carnimar, two restaurants from award-winning chef Andrew Carmelini, are set to open this October inside the W Nashville Hotel, which is right there in the Gulch. Right. Uh, the international market, Arnold Mient, his mm -hmm. place just opened yesterday. Mm -hmm. International market in Belmont, 2013 Belmont Boulevard. Uh, Clay Greenberg is opening Punk Walk which is going to be in uh, Sylvan Supply. We had um, we had his chef on the show. Yep, Grant. Grant. Yeah, Grant was amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, the Red Perch is open also. Cameron and Nicole Payne, that restaurant is open right now. And it is in, um, it's in Sylvan Park, 4101 Charlotte Avenue. I think that's in Sylvan Supply also. All right, Sadie's. Sadie's is another one. Uh, Margaret Levetti. This is Red Pebbles Hospitality. That's going to be early fall. Red Pebbles is there's there's Red Pebbles is, is amazing. So I think that should be. It looks like a beautiful space. Um, the twelve thirty supper club, which is going to be the very top level at the twelve thirty club, is going to be opening real soon. And then the Hutton Hotel is reopening with the Urban Farmer. Mm -hmm. So there's some amazing, like the, the stuff that we've been waiting on for a really long time is about to happen. Mm -hmm. 
I, I can't, I'm like thinking about Sean Brock opening the Continental and then the Audrey right behind it. And I'm like, how is he a functioning person in the world? Like I've been an, I've opened a few restaurants, you know, as a server and it's stressful. I can't imagine doing back to back at that level as the owner and chef and all like that's somebody get him a massage. I can tell you um, that it is the people around him mm -hmm. that are able that allows him to be successful. Yeah. Um, well. It's I, I believe that a hundred percent because I would be nothing um, I couldn't do the two restaurants and all the stuff I'm doing without you, uh, without our leadership team. I mean, there's, there's no way. I mean, you talked, you said, I talked to you and Brian the most, like it's true because I really need the most from you. You allow me to be able to be in my wheelhouse and do the things I need to do. I can never do that alone. Well, I appreciate that. Um, well, let's get Sean Brock's team massages then. We need to, <laughs> like, that's just such a big undertaking. And is that like a roundabout way of saying, like, hey, Brandon, I need a massage? No, <laughs> no, I'm pretty direct. I'll just let you know. <laughs> <laughs> we need to, we need, I didn't think that we need to do a massage. They go, send me to get, send me to get a massage. No, because we didn't open two restaurants. We just work in two restaurants. <laughs> that's opening too is like, that is a lot. And especially with the hiring shortage right now and, and just the pandemic and the way the diners, diners are for the most part, great, but like their expectations haven't changed throughout the pandemic. And, you know, it's, it's just, that's a, that's a huge feat. So props to all of them. Seriously. Well, we did it. Mm -hmm. We did it. The music city roundup. Yay. Episode one, September 25th. Fifth, 2021 is in the books. Thank you, Jen Ichikawa. You're amazing. We're going to be back in a couple weeks with another one. We've got segments for days. Um, super excited about the best in Nashville coming out. It's going to give us lots to talk about. And um, anything you want to say on the way out, Jen? Thanks for having us, you guys. This has been Brandon's like love trialed he loves this thing so much and so we're so excited to have it back so thanks for wanting it back too yeah i'm excited to uh this is this is one of my favorite things to do it's just a a fun conversation where we get to kind of just kick it and chill and have a good time and um wait till we do it live it's really fun when you do it live i loved our last live show that was so fun it is a lot of fun so maybe we'll maybe we'll jump back to doing it live i will definitely do the best of nashville show live yeah all right, guys, thanks for listening, and I uh, hope you are staying safe out there. Please go get vaccinated. Wear your damn mask. Love you guys. Love you. Bye. Bye.